Hey Freedomists, do you know I believe you deserve to love what you do and do work that you love and that's exactly what we're going to discuss on this podcast. Welcome to the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Sisson from New Zealand and I'm here to show you how to create freedom in business and adventure in life. Whether you simply want a profitable business you can run from your own home and take the rest of the time off enjoying doing what you love, or if you want to travel the world and be a digital nomad, this podcast is for you. So let's go for it. Freedom doesn't always mean living out of a suitcase and jumping from country to country around the world on a whim. And even though for the past six years that's definitely been how I chose to live my lifestyle and I loved it completely... Over the past year, my freedom plan's been evolving, as you've probably heard if you've been listening to the podcast. And the more my freedom plan evolves, the more I meet people and have discussions with people who are seeking freedom on their own terms. And that's really the whole point here, isn't it? This is why we do what we do, because freedom is whatever you want it to be. It's unique to you. It's whatever suits your desires. It allows you to live the way you want to and allows you to do work that lights you up to support that lifestyle. That's what I go on and on and on about. And in today's podcast episode, my guest talks about the moment that led him to seek his own unique freedom plan and his journey to achieving his goal to leave the corporate world behind. He shares some of his daily rituals. I really love this episode and how he uses gratitude and meditation to love his work and be present with his family. Specifically, we actually talk about his morning routine that helps him keep on track for his goals, why you deserve to do the work you love how he shifted out of the nine-to-five, and how to use meditation to connect to yourself and your goals. And finally, we talk about why incremental progress is the best kind of progress that you can make. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you're loving the podcast, please do write rate it on iTunes. I really appreciate that. Before we dive in, if you have a blog or website, which I'm pretty sure you do if you're listening to this podcast, probably because you have a business that you're running in some part online. And you want a reliable host so that your website can get a ton of visitors and never ever go down, then please check out HostGator. They are my awesome podcast sponsor and they've supported me for an entire year almost. And they're also pretty awesome with hosting. They were the first ever company that I hosted my blog through and they were fantastic. In addition to that, they have 24-7 support, 365 days a year, which is critical. And they also offer unmetered disk space and bandwidth and a really easy to use control panel. So if you want to get 50% off, really generous, 50% off any new hosting package, go to hostgator.com forward slash suitcase. And you can always tweet them as well at hostgator and say thanks for uh, sponsoring the podcast show at Suitcase Entrepreneur and making it even cooler and better by being a part of it. All right, let's dive into this episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're all about creating freedom in business and adventure in life, and today, hopefully, more simplicity for you. So I'd love to welcome to the show, Joel Saslovsky. How are you? Natalie, it is a double thumbs up kind of day over here. What about (laughs) you? Why is that? Well, like you, we were talking before we started recording. Uh, I'm kind of in a launch period as well. Some things aren't going so well. There's some technical <laughs> issues that are broken, but due to how just generally amazing my life is and some gratitude rituals I've thrown in here, there's not too much that can kind of throw me off my game, despite the fact that 
things don't go as expected <laughs> or as well as I would hope. I'm still smiling. Oh, I love that attitude. And I, I totally know, being in the launch period myself right now, that, um, yeah, I think that's the best attitude, best attitude to take. I think one other thing that really helps during launches is to celebrate. I had some champagne last night even before I launched, and I was like, you've just got to celebrate every single day. So first off, why don't you tell people a little bit more about your story and how you're able to, I guess, be so grateful in the moment and loving your life, because that sounds like a recipe for success for anybody who's listening in. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of background on who you are and, and how you've got to this place. Sure. Well, I wasn't born this way, that's for <laughs> sure. It actually took me 30 years to get to the point where I could wake up and start to explore a different way of being and acting um, it actually goes back to April 2010 when my wife Melinda told me that she was pregnant with our first son Grant and I just had kind of this lightning bolt moment where I realized all of my work in corporate America, the 55 hours a week that I was doing, um, coming home and just being a zombie in front of my computer playing a video game called World of Warcraft until ungodly hours of the morning, rinsing and repeating. I really don't know how I kept up my friendships or my marriage or a lot of other things. Uh, and that, that jolt that my wife gave me, Hey, I'm pregnant. And she didn't tell me this, but this is the way I interpreted it. It was basically, you've got eight months, dude, <laughs> to turn yourself into the kind of person who's going to be a good father for this son. And I so desperately wanted to be a physically and emotionally available father for my son, Grant, who's now almost six years old. Mm. Uh, so at, it was at that point where I started making some changes. I started exploring blogs about minimalism and paleo lifestyle and suitcase entrepreneurs and freedom plans <laughs> and all these different things. And it just gave me a very different way of thinking like, oh, oh, that would be kind of cool to not live my life racing around like a crazy person all day, every day and actually have some calm, actually have some silence and some gratitude and some meditation. Now, these are all things that took place over the course of years that I've layered into my life. I've created a number of habits that kind of give me this smiley, jazzy personality that I almost permanently have. There's still rough periods and I still get down. Uh, I still get frustrated, but those are fewer and they last a lot shorter periods of time due to a lot of the kinds of work that I get to do, the kinds of relationships that I've created and recreated um, through some existing friends where we've basically evolved alongside of each other. So it's been this continual progression over the last six plus years to get to the point where I can work from home, run an online community, do my own podcast, uh, have some things on the side and easily do it in about 30 hours a week without just driving myself or other people crazy. That's an awesome summary and I love that you have left behind that 55-hour corporate work week and created your own freedom plan essentially and good on your wife for like laying down the ultimatum there and saying, hey, dude, I need you to be present. This is going to be one of the most exciting periods of our life. So do you want to talk through a little bit how you made that transition? Because I imagine that's not an easy one. You know, wife gives you an ultimatum and you're like, yeah, I agree. Uh, how did you transition out of the long work week and into something that allowed you to, you know, make your own money doing what you love? Uh, do you want to take us through that, the yeah. ups and downs and the good things that came out of that? And then more we'll come into the habits, ups. actually, because I think that'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, and I'm sure there were probably more downs than ups initially, but I think that's why we love the roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship, because it has so much meaning and purpose and also so many challenges, but I just don't think I'd have it any other way. 
Yes. Uh, well, first of all, I gave life. myself the ultimatum. Uh-huh. Um, this was all things, you know, she just came, she, we were, she was super excited to tell me, hey, we're pregnant. And, and I was super excited too. And then after a couple of hours, I just laid down the gauntlet inside my own head and said, okay, things need to change. I didn't know what that would be. Um, one of the big things was, it, I mentioned before, I wanted to be physically present for my child. Mm-hmm. And that meant I just needed to work less and hopefully needed to work in a more flexible arrangement. So it took about six months or so until I got to the point where I realized I can't be the kind of person that I want to be within the existing type of work that I do. There was nothing wrong. I didn't begrudge any of my coworkers or the large financial company that I worked for. I mean, things were generally pretty good there. Uh, I was grateful for all the money that I brought in, but the work wasn't fulfilling. Uh, I didn't have the kind of flexibility that I wanted. It took almost two years, actually, for me to make the transition from... Uh, doing the decade-long corporate thing into becoming a solo entrepreneur. And really, I'm, I was ready pretty quick in a, within about three months. But the major obstacle, it was my wife. And legitimately so. She was like, whoa, hold on. You're a totally new person. You're talking about all these crazy things. Entrepreneurship? What? Like, <laughs> I don't see you doing this well, Joel. <laughs> Let's talk through this some more. So it took a lot of conversations. It took a number of looks at spreadsheets to show her, hey, the finances are going to work. You're going to be able to maintain. While I'm changing my lifestyle on my side, she wanted to maintain her lifestyle. And I had to make sure that she had the comfort and the stability, especially with the first child and all the changes she was going through. I needed to honor that and protect that, which I was able to do. So there was a lot of really hard conversations and a lot of the work that I was continuing to do over those couple of years before I made the transition into entrepreneurship was really draining because I knew that I was done. Uh, I mm-hmm. couldn't totally check out because there were literally tens of thousands of people and millions of customers that I was serving, at least indirectly. So I continued to do good work, but it was just a really challenging time knowing that I could do different, that I could do better, that I could be more direct in my impact and not actually having the ability to do it. I love that. I really love that. And I love that you guys had the difficult conversations, that you talked through it all, that it was a process. Because, yeah, that can be super scary. I I can't even begin to say how many conversations I've had with entrepreneurs, even if they're just starting out or even two or three years into their business, whose family and close friends still don't understand what they do and still don't support them. And even somebody who I spoke to just recently, whose family are not even speaking to her because of the life that she's chosen to go on the road and do her business from there. And I just, I find that unbelievable, freaking unbelievable, actually. But it is so important. We don't always understand how other people are going to take it when we're making shifts in our life. So I'm glad that you guys were able to do that. Wow. That is rough. I know, right? Ostracized just based uh, on choosing a different type of work to do. Yeah. And and usually it's that that other people just don't fundamentally understand. So typically what I found over the years is I've been very fortunate. My family have been very supportive and my friends, even if they don't understand it, they just see that I'm having fun and living the right lifestyle. So they're like, okay, well you must be doing something right. But I think for other people, they're generally placing their fears on you. They're pushing their fears of what they feel back onto mm-hmm. you um, rather than trying to understand why you're doing this and the reasons behind it and just supporting your decision because obviously we all need support. It would be much better if they were like, hell yeah, go for it and how can I support you? So yeah. do you want to talk a little more about um, how you went about sort of you know leaving the corporate job and creating, uh, I guess, a business that supported your lifestyle more? So you work 30 hours a week now. Do you want to talk about yeah, a little bit about how that, what that's made up of and what you are actually doing. 
Yeah. Well, if people want the full story, it's on, I've got a personal website, joelzaslavsky.com. They can go to slash my story. That's kind of the expanded version. I'm going to give you the condensed version. You know, after reading these different blogs about all these different movements and starting to participate in them, um, one of the big ones was actually Live Your Legend. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Scott Dinsmore, who sadly is no longer in this world, uh, mm -hmm. he really showed me that it was my birthright to do work that I loved. Uh, and making that change, even though I started off back in March 2012, I thought I would do something around, uh, I'm a multi-potentialite, uh, Natalie, which nice. for people who haven't heard that word before, uh, my friend Emily Wapnick uh, has this term. It's not new, polymath, scanner, renaissance man. This is a concept that's been around as long as humans have been around. But I love doing a diversity of things different topics, different mediums, uh, whether it's facilitating simple living events or podcasting or running online communities. I mean, I have my hands in a lot of different things. I use different skill sets and integrate them in weird ways. Uh, so at first, you know, do living my passion, all those things that I'm sure you and lots of other people have heard about, it was really challenging because I didn't have a singular thing. All the advice that I was getting was saying, niche down, niche down. Like that's where you're going to find your success. And inside in my head, it was like I was screaming, no, no, that won't work for me. I want to niche up. I want to take uh, an umbrella, an overarching theme and apply it in a way that's going to be beneficial to people, regardless of whether I make $1,000 or $100,000. So it was really awkward initially. I thought I'd do help people with simplicity, uh, organizing. Uh, unconventional organizing, like in spreadsheets, for example, because I love, love Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> and then uh, take... Oh, I kind of like them too, actually, but I don't, I don't oh. love them, but I do enjoy playing around with them. <laughs> no good story uh, involves no spreadsheets. And every good process involves at least one, at least the ones that I'm involved in. Um, but yeah, the last piece was a personal finance. Uh, I came from the financial industry. I've always loved personal finance. So it was, in, it was impossible for me to market this. You know, people came to my old website, valueofsimple.com. They're like, okay, you're going to help me simplify, organize, and be money wise. Great. But how, what, what kind of resources, what kind of tools do you have? And I'm sure there are a lot of other people who have been through this or currently in this right now where they're trying to figure out, you know, what's my positioning? What's my branding? Maybe I have more than one thing. Do I need separate websites? So I just stumbled around for about 18 months trying to figure out how do I integrate all these things? How do I have... Um, total life integration, which is a concept that my buddy Christopher Carter has come up with. Uh, and getting clear on that started to happen a lot faster when I started incorporating some habits in my life, like meditation, uh, mm -hmm. having conversations with friends that were seriously straight up real, not just like, here's what I want you to hear, but here's me, warts and all. Let me tell you all the craziness that's going on in my head and you reflect back to me or maybe give me some guidance. Those are the big things that moved the needle for me and got me into the position where I'm super happy in doing all the things that I'm doing, also making some decent money on it. And this is the best part is having genuine impact, positive value on people's lives where they thank me. They thank me verbally. I get emails, whether it's for my roles in other people's companies or my own. So yeah, that was uh, a bit of a shift and I didn't really start getting clear until I started incorporating some of these non-negotiable habits into my life. Love it. So you've taken your sweet spot of your experience in the financial industry and kind of transferred it across to doing your own thing, working with people around spreadsheets, processes, systems, and, and 
to be fair, simplicity, because that's what you're all about. Uh, but a lot of that's come through the habit. So I'd love to talk through some of those because I know meditation is a big part of, of your day and gratitudes. And I love doing gratitudes and I love doing yoga. And the meditation piece is the one that just keeps tripping me up. I have to say I haven't mastered integrating it all the time. So I'd love for you to maybe just start with that piece. Like what were the, the first few little habits that you implemented? And you said that it's taken you kind of several years to get there. So do you want to maybe talk through how you went about it? Because I think the habit shifting is, is one of the most wonderful outcomes you can have, but also one of the hardest often to stick with. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, Natalie, it's not like you're doing anything wrong because you don't meditate. You've had a pretty great life so far and you will continue <laughs> to even if you never meditate or you don't seriously do it or turn it into a habit. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of different things, whether it's the kind of marketing that we do or the kind of relationships that we have or the self-care practices that we have. And there's so many friends of mine uh, who will say, dude, dude, you gotta, you gotta do this one thing. I'm like, yeah, but I also have to do those hundred other things as well, which I know would be totally beneficial for me. I just, I don't have the space. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy um, for them at this point. So each person needs to choose what rituals, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, annually, whatever frequency it is that are going to feel right for them and are going to work into their familial, spiritual, business schedule. So I just want to throw that out there too is I've had a lot of people basically say, you're doing it wrong. And then I now have the awareness to say, well, no, that's your way and it works for maybe a billion other people, but that's not what's right for me right now. Yeah, I love that. I love that aspect and that way of thinking. And I totally agree on the meditation. I have recently started doing meditations that are more active because it just seems to suit my nature, um, like the Tony Robbins breathing style and meditating at the same time. So I think it's just about finding what works for you. Do you mind taking us through your sort of daily routine? I, I know it's probably over yeah. on your blog and we'll link to that in the show notes, but I really love hearing how people start off their day. So yeah, take us through it. It started off as 10 minutes. Uh, I already mentioned uh, Christopher Carter. He goes by KC of thisepiclife.com. He has a great 30-day uh, get started with meditation email sequence and uh, another five videos that I'm not sure if they're still live. But this was about two and a half years ago. I signed up for his email list and uh, I, I was finally at the emotional level. I was convinced. Intellectually, I knew for years that I should meditate but it didn't really grab me and pull at my heartstrings until I went through that course. And Casey basically showed me if I don't have time to do it, that's exactly why I need to do it. So all it started was uh, with a app on my smartphone. It's called insight timer. It's one of the most popular meditation apps. And for 10 minutes every morning, I would just listen to bells chime on certain intervals. Uh, initially it was every minute because my mind would just totally drift, which is okay. And I kind of forget why is it that I'm laying down in this dark room with my eyes closed and focusing on my breath. Oh, that's right. I'm meditating. Uh, I needed that reminder very frequently. Uh, and slowly, I didn't need as many bells to remind me that I was meditating or to get deeper into it uh, or to feel like kind of that bliss after I'm done. Uh, I went from 10 minutes and then 15 minutes, 20 minutes. This is all over the course of a couple of years. And now I meditate for 30 minutes every morning. Uh, the, the first thing I do when I wake up is I grab a giant glass of water. I drink it very slowly over the course of about two minutes. And then I go downstairs into the basement of my house. And for half an hour, I kind of cocoon myself in a couple of blankets. It takes two because I'm super tall. Uh, and I like them all over my body to feel literally warm and tingly. Uh, and then I just meditate 
with this app, which works great for me. Some people love guided meditations. I think they're great as a supplemental. For me, it's kind of distracting to hear somebody talking at me every 10 seconds, giving me instructions, but there's 23 or 25 different popular meditation styles in the world. A lot of people just think of mindfulness or meditation as just one or two different things, but whether it's ohm chanting or loving kindness meditation, if you have tried to do it and you ha you don't think it's for you or you haven't found the right type, try some other ones. There are so many cool ones out there, all that are easily accessible that you can do literally with just a few breaths if that's all you have time for. That's awesome. I love those um, resources that you provided and I'm going to definitely check out Casey as well. But um, I use the Headspace app, which I really, really love. Uh, you mentioned you use an app. I don't know if I heard the name of it though. Did I miss it? Insight Timer. Insight Timer. Okay, cool. And anything else that you've just found that has helped you? I mean, a half an hour each morning sounds wonderful. Are there days when you just don't do it? And how do you feel on those days? <laughs> there are days where I don't do it right away, mm -hmm. but I know immediately it's gotten to the point where I crave it and I'm wow. a bit off. If I don't get to do my half an hour meditation, let's say I'm traveling, I'm at an event, I'm staying in a hotel and I'm... I'm really excited when I'm events. I'm very extroverted. I want to get up. I want to start partying. I want to get with my people <laughs> and have a great time. But then I have to remind myself, well, in order to be my best self, I realize this now, like that meditation is non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, sometimes I can only do say 10, 15 minutes and that's at the end of the day as opposed to the start of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the timing of the day, although it certainly helps. It's not necessarily the the length in which I do it. It's just realizing that I am my best self when I meditate every day. So knowing that at least I can get it on the back end for 10 minutes before I fall asleep, that gives me peace and that still works to some extent. I love that. Do you think that, just a question for you, that extroverts would benefit more from meditation? The reason I ask that is I am an extrovert, but I feel I've become even just over the years slightly more introverted and wanting my own space and time out. Um, especially when you're building a community and seeing so many people and meeting so many people on your travels. But I, I think as a person who's on the go a lot and has a very active mind, very social, that meditation would actually benefit us more to just be a little more even keeled. Or would you actually say that's that's not the case? I'd love to know your thoughts on that. For me, it does help. There are all mm -hmm. kinds of neat byproducts of meditation. One of them is just the ability to listen to myself, to my inner dialogue. And I found that that actually translates uh, I interrupt people less. I'm a better listener to other people just because I can bring myself into a state of presence. Not like I'm some kind of Zen master or anything, but <laughs> uh, my ability to be conscious of my own thoughts and present with other people has increased dramatically as a result of meditating. So yes, because I spend so much of my time interacting with other people, whether it's on Skype or having gatherings here around the Twin Cities, around different movements that I'm a part of, or just with my own family, uh, meditation has really helped in that way. And it's, and it's helped me filter my own thoughts and make sure that not all of them come out of my mouth. Because as much <laughs> as I love listening, I also really enjoy talking. So there's uh, the alarm bells that go off in my head a lot sooner than they used to saying, Joel, you're doing it again. Maybe it's time for you to stop talking. Maybe it's time for you to bring yourself back. You're distracted right now. Let's resume the grooviness that you were experiencing before you drifted off in your mind. And oh, that's right. I'm with my best friend who I get to see twice a year. Let's enjoy the heck out of each other. These are the kinds of things that meditation has helped with. And I don't know whether it's extrovert, introvert, but I think it's just a 
all around useful thing where the the byproducts of what you get out of it are nothing like you might expect uh, when you start doing it. Mm, talk me through that. Well, so there's a number of things that I, I have to do, uh, whether it's daily or whether it's weekly. So one of them is is what I call habitual connection. That's one of my habits too, is I build it in my day and into my week is I need to be connecting with people. Uh, that's just my personality type. But also I'm at my best verbally. You know, if you and I were doing this chat, Natalie, we were doing it over email and people were reading the transcript, they'd be like, ah, Joel's okay, I guess. I mean, maybe I'll pay a little bit of attention to him down the road, but eh, there's not a lot of pizzazz here. Uh, whereas when I get to verbally express myself and connect with people, um, that is really where my sweet spot is. That's where my zone of genius is, if you will. So that ability to um, habitually connect with people, that is roughly tied to my ability to have uh, ritual reflection, whether those are gratitude rituals or mindfulness. I mean, a lot of these things are just interconnected. Uh, as, yeah. as a family man as well, I've got two young sons, Grant, who's my six-year-old, and Clark, who just turned three. Uh, when the work is done and when my wife is home uh, or I go and I walk to kindergarten and pick my son up, like I want to be totally with them. And I want to just be having a blast and silly and playful and a little bit crazy, but also be kind and patient and generous with them. So all these things kind of mix together uh, and allow me to experiment in different ways. Like they give me the comfort of knowing myself and pushing myself where I can do some things that would previously make me um, cringe or would say, nope, that's for somebody else. I can't do that. And all of a sudden I am the kind of person who can bop four-year-olds over the head with balloons at a birthday party when all the other adults are staring at me like, who are you? Like, we see you're having a really good time and I kind of want to do that too, but you're violating all of our social norms. What is your problem here, Zeslowski? <laughs> Which sounds so good. What's your problem here, Zeslowski? feel like we're on an ice hockey field. So you can't actually have an ice hockey field, can you? It's an ice hockey rink. Anyway, point being, I really love that. And I would love to find out from you how you went from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. And the second part of that question is, as a family man, I'm sure a lot of people listening who have kids at home are like, yeah, but half an hour in the morning uninterrupted is just unheard of. So maybe you can reveal your secret for how you do actually get that done. Okay. Well, the, the first part is how I went from 10 minutes to 30 minutes. It was very slowly. I just increased over two years where there was one day I put it on my calendar months ahead of time and I said, this is the day that I change my identity from somebody who meditates for 10 minutes a day to somebody who meditates for 15 minutes a day. I got my mind prepared for that day and when my reminder in my Google Calendar went off saying it's time to start meditating for 15 minutes, I was like, okay, you got a Google Calendar. Past Joel, who's a really smart guy, is telling present Joel, who's generally pretty selfish and trying to always sell out the future version of me, that guy's smart. Let's do the thing that he told us to do. Um, so every few months, I would just bump it up. And I, I'm pretty good. Half an hour seems like enough for me, where I'm sure I could do more. I'm sure it would help. But I'm, I've kind of hit that sweet spot. And it was just committing to it months ahead of time and then doing the thing that I promised myself I would do. Yeah, I really love that. And in terms of, yeah, time in the morning and family, how do you juggle that? Well, I know I wake up at 545 every morning. Ooh. It doesn't matter whether it's a Tuesday or it's a Saturday. And for some people that's early, for some people that's late. But I found it really helpful to, even on the weekends, even when I could sleep longer, to always wake up at the same time 
which allows me to always have the same routine because I know for a fact that my oldest son, Grant, he's not going to be out of his room until 6.30 at the earliest. So if I wake up at that time, I drink my water, I go pee, I go into the basement, I do my half an hour of meditation. By the time I get back upstairs and Grant's ready for just a massive bear hug uh, and reading a story, I've already got that time in. I'm not trying to stuff a little bit of work. I'm not trying to stuff some body weight exercises or a walk with my dog. Like that's it. That's what I've promised myself I will do and I will always do as long as I have the ability to do it and the energy to do it. Um, so it's, it's really just uh, committing to, again, a lot of my habits are identity based where I've convinced myself or through repetition, I've proven to myself that I am the kind of person who either does or does not do these things. And it's like I said, it's non-negotiable. It's not like there's a decision to be made. It's just who I am. And it's a matter of upholding these commitments and the identity that I've cultivated for myself. I love that. I totally love that. And hopefully for those of you guys listening who are like, oh, 10 minutes or all oh, the kids getting up now, you've now you've got no excuses. And I just love the benefits that you talked about, Joel, just even from uh, yeah, meditation alone. And I know you also do yoga and the gratitudes, but one, just one thing a day can be amazing like that. For me, I personally find the gratitudes fantastic. Even if I've woken up and I've just had a lack of sleep or I'm jet lagged, um, just taking two minutes to write down what I'm grateful for today is incredible. Just how it just, it just like flicks a switch in your head. So what are your triggers? Can I ask you real quick? Like, do you have a certain time of day or after a certain action? That's your prompt to do gratitude I actually, when you're eating. I do what it first it? thing in the morning. So when I wake up, I often have the five minute journal by my bed. And when I'm traveling, I don't take it with me, but I have this little notebook and I literally write three things down that I'm grateful for. So depending on how good I feel in the morning, sometimes it can be a big, big thing. You know, I'm grateful for the love I receive in this world from my family. And sometimes it might just be grateful that I had a solid sleep or that I get my hot lemon water um, or that, you know, the sun is shining. So I typically attempt to do it first thing in the morning. And if I don't have a pen and paper, I actually just sit up and I just breathe. And then I will actually just do them in my head and will say them out loud. So it's, I don't know, it still just flicks that switch for me because it takes you from like, oh, you know, maybe you didn't have the best sleep, or oh, blah, blah, I've got to get going, I've got this thing. You just kind of go, no, first of all, I'm going to think about all the reasons why I'm the luckiest person on earth. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that cool when you kind of live in a sense of radical amazement? Like, really? This is the world that I live in? These are the things that I get to see? These are the experiences that I get to have? These are the friends that I get to surround myself with? This is the family who loves me, hopefully, for who I am and what I do. I mean, I have all that and I, I have a lot of privilege. So if people have been listening to this and like, okay, girl, that's great, Joel, but that's not me. Um, there are a lot of things that I've been handed in life where I haven't had to earn them. But a lot of the best things that I have in life right now are the things that I've had to intentionally and deliberately cultivate and earn and re-earn over and over again. And oftentimes that's just in one and two minute chunks or with a dollar or two at a time. Just these little incremental things that, man, they add up. Uh, so I would really enjoy hearing for the folks who are listening to us uh, what their little things are, what mm. their little habits. Doesn't matter how frequently, doesn't matter the time of day, just those little things that center themselves, that make them the best version of themselves. It'd be really cool to see in the show notes what other people do. Yeah, I'd love that. And so we'll get people to come across and comment on the show notes. I'll leave that in the 
outro that I'm going to put here. But in the meantime, I think this has just been such a great conversation to have. And I'd just like to touch on, before we wrap up, a little more around simplicity, because I know that's your jam, and it's also something that I love. I Every time I move somewhere, I just realize we're in a resort and then a hotel room um, on my travels right now. And everywhere I go, I just tend to create more minimalist space. So I really like <laughs> just putting things away and clearing any clutter. Um, and I know for me, that's that's really important just for Headspace. What are some of your favorite simplicity tips that you can share with uh, with my freedomists? Well, one of them is just having something that you can physically get your hands on to mm. see the simplicity be tangible. Some people, they might want to build a tiny house. That's going to give them their sense of freedom. They'll put it on wheels. They can take it all around the continent. Um, other people, if they have a normal space like I do, they'll want to have maybe a backyard garden. Right now, the, I'm looking back there and the tomatoes are ready to be picked and there's some kale back there. My wife and I, we just have a couple of um, relatively small plots in our backyard and we do some gardening. Um, that's a simple thing. But the ability to create some self-sufficiency by feeding myself, even though it's a very, very small part of my nourishment, uh, that's really significant. Uh, another small thing that I do in terms of you know how, what the physical aspect of it and you know, what I put in my body is... I go and I get my own spring water. There's a natural spring about 15 minutes away from my house and I make it a little bit of an adventure with my boys. We go and they play in the creek and we have a little uh, nature trail walk, but I bring a whole bunch of glass jugs and I fill up these jugs with literally the best water in the world. <laughs> and the, the simplicity of seeing this flow, even in the wintertime into these jugs that I have and being able to source my own water even though it would actually be easier to just turn on the tap in my house and be like, well, this is clean water. This is pretty good. I love that connection that I get to nature and, um, and to the things that I'm consuming by just simply going and procuring some of the things that I put into my own body. That is one of my deepest forms of just simplicity. And I love the kind of person that it turns me into, at least temporarily, when I have the opportunity to do that. Uh, my other thing real quick is, as far as simplicity for me, I tend to view it as something that I do with others. Uh, a lot of people will just, they'll meditate by themselves. That's great. I do that too. They will, whatever sustainability efforts that they have, they'll do that by themselves. Uh, a lot of the aspects of simplicity seem to be individual acts, and that's great. But I like to help people do simplicity together. Uh, which creates some really cool ripples that you can't anticipate. Mm. So I'll garden with my wife. I'll go get water with my boys. I'll host simple living gatherings here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area where I live. I really, so one of my overarching themes in life is bringing people together around Live Your Legend, uh, simple living, being a multi-potentialite, all these different things. But when I can help bring people together and realize that you don't have to be simple by yourself, you can be in community with all these other people and cross-pollinate all of the the homesteaders and the permaculturalists and all these other different folks were all after the same type of thing, which is a more intentional life, more fulfillment. And by bringing these people together, I see all these neat projects that people create and all these new ways that they do simplicity. That's something that fascinates me and I love being a part of. Mm, I love it. Perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for all your generosity today. I kind of like feel calmer just from having a conversation. Now, if only my head cold would go away, it would be even perfect. So maybe you can um, meditate on that for me. Um, <laughs> where is the best place for people to find you and reach out? And thank you for your time. 
Well, me personally, uh, my main home on the internet is joelsaslosky.com. Uh, that's Z-A-S-L-O-F-S-K-Y. You'll find me on links to Twitter and my podcast and other things there. Um, if this simple living thing is something that people want and they want to do it with others, maybe even where they live, there's a, um, within the greater simple living movement, there's a website that I founded called Simple Rev, simplerev.com. And our main goal right now is to provide a field kit and resources to make anyone who wants to become a leader in their own community around the principles and spirit behind simple living. We want to equip them to bring people together around simplicity, whatever that may mean to them. So if that's something that they dig, they can uh, check out simplerev.com as well. Awesome. I hope they do. And thank you once again so much for your time, Joel. Oh, this is fun, Natalie. Thanks for inviting me to join you. So if you enjoyed this episode, please tweet it, share it on Facebook, talk about it wherever you want, share the URL. You can find that across at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash 285. It'll take you directly to this and the show notes, anything else you need, some of the useful resource links that we've put in here, some of the ones that Joel mentioned. And if you are listening to this on or around the 26th of September, First off, I'm holding an awesome workshop today. You can come to that at thefreedomplan.rocks forward slash live. And it's all about how to build your perfect online business to support your ideal lifestyle. And second off, I have opened up my Freedom Plan program for a limited time that closes on the 30th of September. If you want to know more about it, thefreedomplan.rocks. I will hopefully see you on the workshop, if not in the Freedom Plan, if not back here next Monday for the next episode of the Suitcase Entrepreneur Podcast. Mm -hmm.